Hello and welcome to this week's Super 8's podcast. I'm your host, Denise O'Flaherty. Joining me this evening is our regular pundit, Sean O'Gahalpin, and we're delighted to have Longford player Michael Quinn on with us this evening. Michael played Aussie Rules football, so we will have a chat with him about that later on. So good evening, men. Good evening, how are you? Not too bad. Lads, we have to start with the All-Ireland semi-finals. A game of two halves, actually in both games, so many questions. Do you have the answers? First of all, Michael, will Dublin do five in a row? Can Kerry stop them? It's a tricky one to to see any any different from happening. I predicted uh, Dublin by ten yesterday. I kind of even at half time, you're just waiting when mm. when were things going to click. And the only thing that was probably different for Dublin yesterday was that. It took half time to whatever happened at half time or he said for things to click and change because usually there's they're at such a level now that um players on the field think to make position yeah. switches or ma- matchup switches that uh, they can change the game themselves and make things happen. Whereas a lot of maybe teams that probably aren't at that level would have to wait till half time for things to change. But it was clearly evident whatever they done um, it would came at half time and they got composed and to score was a two five on the trot um, without without reply um, and just go after Mayo's kickouts and just pin them in. Um, you see them doing that against the the second best opposition in the country. You'd wonder um, has anyone any chance yeah. against that? Sean Oak, do you think uh, last week's game against Donegal maybe took too much out of me all because we're straight into a game this week that didn't really have much of a break? Um, it certainly was the fact that Denise, yeah, I would, I would have to say. Um, if you look at the age profile of the main cohort of these male players, you know, um, mm. a lot of them are coming towards the twilight of their career and the last thing they needed was... I, I, I was looking at something there you know, before going on the call. I did like, was that there seventh or eighth week in the trot and consecutively um, and for kind of a team of that age yeah. like, like, it, it definitely had to take a toll and it did and it did and and you know what there was no shame in what Mayo did yesterday do you know what I mean they had a great crack do you know what I mean kind of as they always do but just unfortunately like Dublin are just a different class yeah. and a better team do you know what I mean and then, and then there's no fault in shame in saying that I'd be more critical of Tyrone now do you know what I mean yeah. after today's exit um, like, there was more in Tyrone but I don't think Neil could have done anything more right and then absolutely Michael's analysis is it's, 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 like spot on um, no wonder RG get him now Oh, they should because they, well, I, I was listening to on the radio when he was covering the what to call it the under twenty Cork and Dublin, yeah, yeah. fantastic analysis, right? And like, Thank like, you. like, 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 it's it simple as like classic, classic Dublin rope do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ali kind of made a famous soaked, soaked everything. Mio could hit him, and then Mio went in like for all the reference two point ahead, where. Mayo really needed to come out to be Bigger lead, yeah. five, six or seven yeah. points, do you know what I mean? And let Dublin kind of work harder. But in the second half, like Michael is right, I said there was fans just barely sitting on in their seat. And then, like in the yeah. middle of the night, Conor Cannon gets a goal. And then we're all rolling our eyes, here we go again, do you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, I think the restart and all of this is... And it's been a small bit, and then you know I don't want to sound critical of me because they, yeah, I actually thought they had a right, yeah. the right crack of it. But the scoring efficiency again, like yeah. I mean, I think Dublin only their chances converted to sixty-five percent, while Mayo's was down around forty-two or forty-three. Yeah, there was a couple of chances that they missed in the second half when they sort of yeah, and then just struggling to get ball to hand really. Like you know, yeah. I mean, if you don't control possession, it's very hard to do things. So Dublin were awesome when they got going, and just begs the question, like can I, can, can Kerry stop them? Michael, you played league games, championship games, then club championship games. You know, it must be so hard for, for teams you know like for Mayo and that you're trying to get the intensity of a championship game week in week out and playing those couple of games like okay you know Tyrone were able to rest players last weekend you know Kerry had a game against Meath but you know wasn't of importance whereas that game last weekend for Mayo was so important for them yeah, I was even just chatting with a few lads there today about, it's amazing, one of the things I would have been told from an early age, um, even I think it was when I was in Australia, was, you know, you're playing games week in, week out, um, 
and that's something that we're probably not as used to here. Yes. Apart from the league at that level and you do get maybe three games on the trot and maybe a break off but one of the big things that would have been mentioned was don't let your highs be too high and your lows be too low Um, and trying to keep that just mentally for your own sake and for that consistency across the board when you hear that I'm just thinking that the high that Mayo would have been on after people done the call and then to go to probably such a low against Dublin in the space of six days like um, like that's, that's hugely tough and those lads have shown some serious yeah. resilience and mental strength to come back year in year out yeah. um, but it must be extremely hard and I, I would have thought that look at it, and they did the team did die with their boots on like they, they went out swinging I thought there would have been a bit more of a kick in, in them yeah give her 10 minutes to go in the sense that like even for Killian O'Connor kind of lunged in and thrown away the ball there I think it was Michael Kid Simons or whoever kicked it away but I thought that would have sparked an all-in row at that stage because the game was probably there there yeah. it was dead um, and I thought Mayo would have just there's a lot of those lads that have been around and that could be the last or half which is very disappointing for them I was going to say that one of the loveliest things obviously was seeing Tom Parsons there but something that a lot of people noticed was Andy Moore and Grimmel shaking hands with all the Dublin players and then there was a lovely image of himself in Cluxton and a lot of people are wondering was that the last we would see of Andy Moore? Yeah well, that's going to be speculated mm. now until he can go to January um, but I think Andy's the sort of lad that he will sit on his hands and you know he's not going to make mm. rash decisions and he's he's probably it's amazing too when you you talk of great footballers or hurlers how they're so well respected across and Sean Ronke would be one of them I looked up to and you see across the board that one of those players that wore his heart to sleeve but got on with everyone on opposition in his own team and I think Andy Moore is definitely one of them that in huge respect um, by his own and by others which is a huge testament yeah, that's exactly it. And we would have known, I would have known Andy during his time at Longford Town. And it's amazing to think that if we didn't have the players then, that Andy Moran could have made a proper career out of uh, soccer. Sean Og, you did mention Kerry. And is it kind of fate that uh, back in 82, Kerry were going for five in a row and it was a Longford man, usually McGee, that stopped them with Offaly. Now Dublin are going for five in a row. It is going to be very, very, very hard. But if any team can put it up to uh, Dublin, it's Kerry. Oh, absolutely. Like, I suppose if you take a snapshot at this moment in time, opponents will have Dublin, like, a shoe in, right? And then basically, funny enough, so we're three weeks away to the All-Ireland Football Final. As the weeks go on, people start to dissect it more, mull on it more, um, think about it more. And then what you find then, coming up to the final then, people will give Kerry a chance right um, um, if, 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 if there's one crowd in East right if there's one crowd even okay even if they weren't playing Dublin in an All-Ireland Final right if there's one crowd that can go into an All-Ireland Final believing they can win it as Kerry yes. do you know what I mean uh, and, and they'll need that anyway do you know what I mean because mm. I get the feeling I get the feeling with Dublin um, yes Dublin Dublin end up having the class and the quality to beat opposition but I think opposition teams don't do themselves justice do you know what I mean like that they're so much defeated before they meet them I don't think you'll get that with Kerry do you know what I mean because Kerry will Kerry look at the role of honour and they'll say look we have more Ireland than Dublin like, do you know what I mean yeah. as a county um, um, so I, I, at least they'll have that you know, going in a favour. Um, I don't think I don't think they'll be going up overall. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, by the challenge, I'd say they'll relish it. But if you break it down, man for man, in the sub bench. Oh yeah. Kerry, 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 Kerry. It's like this Kerry team is totally your class. Like. Yeah. But you're right. Do you know what I mean? Can I? Uh, there's probably a reason why no team has done five and all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's been founded in 1884. Um, I know. Cork Horrors in the forty did four in a row, couldn't do five in a row. Um, Wexford, I think footballers back in the twenties, do you know what I mean? Did mm. four in a row, couldn't do five in a row. Kilkenny um, the same. You had, you had, absolutely. It's sure like ten years ago, right? Yeah. Two thousand and ten. 
I think it's a bit like we all have that romantic side. Michael, um, so much made of the crowd today, a uh, very small crowd. Are there too many games? You know, you look at the qualifiers, you look at the Super 8s, especially for supporters from country teams, you know, Kerry and Tyrone. Tyrone have had a long trek through the qualifiers and then obviously the price of tickets as well. Yeah, well, look, I think the championship structure has been talked about until you're blue in the face. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that it does need to change. Mm. Being a rush change is, is, is the issue that, that there is at the moment and there's two proposals forward for a second year championship that haven't really been, you know, fully thought through. Yeah. You know, there was a committee set up, I think it's over two years ago now, that was put in charge with GPA members, CA members, um, and I think there was uh, a few others involved in that. and. These two proposals are after coming out separate, independent of mm. that committee, which goes to show is is that committee there for any reason at all? Um, so when you see the likes of Kerry, um, I think today they had five games in the championship yeah. with their sixth championship game, and Tyrone it with their tenth. Yeah. So like it, it doesn't balance the books really to see where the provincial championships are and you know two two games in Connacht championship can put you into the last yeah. 12 all Ireland whereas two in the Leinster championship can end up putting you into the first round of the qualifiers if you lose or a quarter final of uh, or semi final of the Leinster championship so you know that's where I think my yeah. thing I think players want to play games and as many games as you can and uh, ticket prices are definitely you know an issue when you see um, 49,000 seats empty um, today for probably two two big um, GA counties yeah. Um, you know, maybe carry people are thinking, you know, hold off here and we'll go to the final. Um, you know, and wouldn't have travelled well. I saw a stack there where um, over the last maybe, I don't know, was it 10 or 15 years that the lowest semi final attendances um, have been involving Kerry as, as one of the, the teams. Um, mm. over, I think there's four of them involving Kerry. So, look, maybe there's, there's a lot of things at play and. Uh, there's there's a lot of issues that I don't think are going to be fixed by having a, a quick chat or run yeah. over them uh, very quickly. But you know, if the G is at the crossroads now where it it can go one way or the other, and I think there's the possibility of decline and um, the way it's heading at the moment. And I think the fun element has been lost yeah. from the top down, from inter-county right down to clubs. When, when you hear of junior teams, club junior teams, you know, the lads just want to go out and play games um, at all levels. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the train at the game ratio was one of the big issues that was flagged um, at inter-county level. But I think club players are, are suffering more than anyone. Um, and that's, that's an area that, that I feel is the issue. Probably one last thing on that is, you know, from when the first teams are knocked out of the Inter-County Football Championship to when the county, uh, the All-Ireland Final is played, I think that's the biggest issue, the structure. I think there's a there's a 12-week gap from when the first team is knocked out until the All-Ireland Final is played. So, you know, that gap doesn't need to be as big and it can be condensed in a, a certain kind of structure to try and free up time for clubs and for even county players to go back and play with their clubs. Exactly. Uh, Sean, we had a great chat about uh, the GA a few weeks ago and what can be, can happen. 
Um, this weekend and last weekend, two very good wins for your county. Um, Cork into the minor final and then obviously when you were mentioning Michael, Michael was co-commentating on your win last week. Yeah, yeah that was a great win and, and Michael it was great to see football played like it should be and that's why I love underage games. Oh yeah, we love yeah. Go on ahead. Sean. No, 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 go on Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when you see Cork minors today um, or yesterday yes, and then you see the um, under 20s and you see Cork seniors in the Super 8 mm. um, and then you see them in Division 3. Look at I think <laughs> We're worried. Went against them, <laughs> went against them exactly um, in, in Division 2 but I think in the next two three years, Cork are going to be definitely back up there with with the top top four teams in the country, and they're, they're going to be a huge threat. Yeah, is there a buzz around the place, Sean Og, over last weekend's win? Oh, absolutely, Denise, um, and badly needed. Mm. Badly, like badly injected shot in the arm for um, for Cork, yeah, right? Kind of especially with the horrors kind of bone out of the championship earlier than a lot of us like would have expected. Um, uh, and Cork football has just been done for the last couple of years Denise has just been as low as a snake's belly you know what I mean as someone would put it um, so results results this year at underage level do you know what I mean mm. uh, um, just has like has given great confidence and probably a, a belief again do you know what I mean like kind of um, um, that, that teams are starting to what you call it um uh, look brighter again. Um, so I was like, believe anyway, Denise. That's look. Um, you need you need to start from somewhere, right? If, if you want to start kind of producing results, the senior level, you need to start somewhere, and then that's at school level. That's at you know, like key underage, like kind of grade levels. Do you know what I mean? Like and. We're, we're, we're starting to see that now, thanks to the gods. At least there's a nucleus of fellas there, like that you can work off you know, for the next couple of years. After the great Cork team in 2010, you know, we would have them. Daniel Gooding, Colin Money, Pierce O'Neill. When, when, like, when they were coming towards the end, it was Kerry that was dominating on yeah. Munster and everything, like. So, so technically, we've kind of stemmed that. Tied a small mm. bit, do you know what I mean? But we're competing, and um, I, I, I think a lot of people are optimistic now over the winter, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then, and then basically, Cork can get back. And I, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't jump too quick to say and start winning soon because basically, I think the hard work is only starting, yeah. really, do you know what I mean? Can I, yeah. But the foundations are there. Yeah, and they, 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 they've probably assembled a bunch of guys there, do you know what I mean? So it's just a matter of just what you call it, getting the best out of them now and getting to compete against Kerry, because Kerry will always be green monster down the mm-hmm. for us, like, do you know what I mean? And football, yeah. but, it, but it's great. And then, like, Kerry have just had it their own way over the last five, six years at Montesino level, it's been ridiculous like do you yeah. know what I mean because what the key thing for Cork knows they get out of division 3 do you know what I mean and start working themselves do you know back up there again and getting galvanised but um, thing in that, I, I, I think what's been more heartwarming for a lot of Cork supporters Cork football supporters the football they've played has just been very yeah. good like, they've tried to win the game by attacking they're not afraid to have a cut off it and have a go and you ask any fans any fans can accept losing but when you lose and when they don't see an honest enough effort there like they get angry that's probably what you're coming back to probably Sean uh, O'Gwish with Tyrone that you might have expected Tyrone to nearly throw the kitchen sink um, yeah. against Kerry to yeah. probably didn't see that but it's just one of the things there that Sean O'Gwish talking about the, the Cork Bufflers so I, I would have written saying Paul Kerrigan he's the only one left of that winning team on the Playing on the cross on, again, yeah. And Aidan Walsh are playing for the horrors. With the horrors. Is, That's right. Is there, right. is there much of like I've thought there at the the football under twenty final there last week that the Cork under twenty hurlers had played in the semi final first, and then the footballers were on next, and there looked to be a lot of Cork supporters that said, "Right, job done. I'm leaving now." After the hurling, that they think that there's 
almost like a different there is, is that an issue the, the kind of duel or the, you know competing against each other uh, Sean Og yeah it's always been there on the back on um, like Michael I wouldn't I wouldn't put it down as the main reason why car teams have misfired like in both codes over the years but see Michael and Cork the stronger clubs would be dual clubs and then it'd be like you know if you play with a, 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 like from a stronger club in Cork no you'd be encouraged to play hurling and football up to okay and then inevitably what you find is the best horrors are probably the best footballers and vice versa do you know what I mean and then that was grand probably 20, 30 years ago do you know what I mean where Cork had like I was like I Jimmy Barry Murphy would have been a dual player back in the 70s Teddy McCarthy Coleman do you you could exactly yeah. Denise you could Teddy Matt you could rattle them off yourself uh, well I yeah, I, <laughs> I tried a business with me right uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he totally turned like 20, 30 years ago. Like it was a different game, different demands. Mm. The level of scrutiny or the level of intensity of training or matches wouldn't be the same. Do you know what I mean? So, like, like players would have been able to get away with it, but no, like, and, uh, and then Mike, you see with yourself, you know, when you're training with football, like, like you can't do both. Oh, you can't. Like you can't be like you trying to play daily football with Longford, right? And then and then and trying to hold a career down with Longford Town. And do you know what I mean? Like it's the same. Like you can't. Like you know. And I think it's just gone to stage now in Cork, right? Even though there's been a lot of kind of backlash and um, negativity against it, but they're just calling for look just make a call when you get to 16 or 17 just make a call you're either going football or hurling and then that's it yeah. you know kind of and, and then Denise will tell you in Cork it's funny like did you know you probably in Longford you get you, you have all of Longford do you know what I mean north or east or west of Longford you all play Gaelic football well in Cork and, uh, the stronghold in Cork is only in certain pockets yeah. and then basically and, and, and then hurling then is predominantly played but there's no getting yeah. football and you're right in saying you would have got which I think is kind of wrong in a way you would have got after the hurling game against Kilkenny you would have got people from East Cork who would have no interest in Gaelic would have got off and left and then in your car and back home to Middleton or Carrick Toon or y'all footballers you mean which I kind of feel is wrong because the Cork team is the Cork team is the Cork you're representing your county exactly so I like I, 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 I keep the key challenges and they both promising players who are good in both just saying look you're not going to sustain you might trip you might play board but look you're not going to master any of those boards yeah. you know I mean? so you just focus on one you'll have a good you'll have a good chance of becoming very good like at one like you know Michael can you play hurling I play, played up until uh, <laughs> up until I played about five games I played under 14 was about the height of it but um there's nothing but I heard Owen Cadigan recently saying that uh, the physical demand I think he was asked which was more physically demanding was it uh, football or hurling and surprisingly he said football was more physically demanding and I couldn't get over that I just seen the hurling games and the intensity yeah. and the hits and everything and it's like give me a football any day of the week Michael I, I, I would concur with Owen I, 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 I yeah. thought really I, th- I thought Gaelic oh the demands of Gaelic football see Hurling in its true sense. Let the ball do the work, yeah. 80 yards down the pitch, right? You try and transition the ball 80 yards, Michael, with a kick. You can't do it, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, like, there's more support there, more running. Like, if, if you were to put, if you put what you call a tracker on a Gaelic footballer, and all those, oh, Gaelic footballers covering way more ground. Way more ground. actually compare them. Like, I, I love oh, the sports side of things, but... You know, I think there's definitely a niche for that, a bit of comparison. I think a yeah. lot of people that eat your hand off are seeing the, the, the hurl. inside of yeah. hurling and football. And, you know, I think it was even mentioned about, I don't know who, one of the commentators or opponents mentioned about uh, comparing Gaelic football and hurling. And I think someone made the statement that they're completely different sports just played in the same field and it's true true there's no point in saying yeah. they're very they're very similar like one day absolutely a completely different ball and hurls and helmets yeah do you know yeah what makes hurling probably what makes hurling kind of to the naked eye a toughest spectacle is hurling in its true sense is a very contested game Michael. do you know yeah. what I mean like kind of one on one 
at one and one child, and then that's why Kilkenny and Brian Cody, he plays, he plays in teams with, if you can't win a one and one, whether you're six foot tall or six foot six or five foot six, yeah. he just won't play, like simple as. And then, and then where Gaelic football is, do you know what I mean? Kind of, um, more tactical, almost gone the soccer direction, isn't it? It's trying to, if we can get Gaelic football back, maybe, maybe it's just a romantic notion of mine, but Jesus, there was, there was nothing wrong with kicking a ball. You know, up between two, and then made the best man win. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, uh, um, nine tenths of the laws possession. No, you know, possession nine tenths of the law and Gaelic football, and then that, that's the way it seems to be coached. Do you know what I mean? So whether you play, whether you play ball across the field or behind or in front, just once you have possession, that seems to be the name of the game. Do you know what I mean? Gaelic football, where by large and hurling, you're, you're trying to encourage fellas to get the ball to the D as quick as you can, and then that's. Yeah. Getting it up right, can I? But it's funny too when you when you you hear that, like you know, there's a lot that could be learned from from Holland football or vice versa. Yeah, so I think one of the big yeah. things in in Aussie rules would have been one of the stats that they take is inside fifties. Anytime the ball goes inside fifty, it was Correct. a big deal. Yeah. Um, and whether it was a, a mark or a rebound or whatever happened then after that was a different story. But inside fifties were huge. Whereas Gaelic football has gone to the sense now. It's it's, as you said, possession, possession, and you know, make sure the ball goes dead. If it does go, uh, go in. But I think it's funny. Tyrone have nearly two, two phones have gone very defensive, but then they often put long diagonal balls or long balls into like Yeah. You know, then some of them didn't come off against Kerry, but it's so dangerous that once five or six ball go go into that uh, danger area there's a good chance that something will come off it and maybe the major getting a goal Michael you mentioned Aussie rules Essington I actually got excited one day because I was watching Neighbours and that's the team that uh, a lot of them support you didn't make um, an appearance on the show no as an extra no no just here just keeping keeping track of Neighbours regular (laughs) yeah how did it come about your move down to Australia to play with Essendon? Uh, I went for... I was playing county county minor at the time. I made a decision or I called that I wasn't going to play um, county that year. That's mm. why I was going to focus on playing soccer. I was playing with Bohemians. Bohemians, under yeah. 17, under 18, up in Dublin and was in college as well. And eventually got coaxed back into playing bit of college football we won a college freshers title that year it was actually with Paul Flynn playing alongside Paul Flynn um, in DIT um, uh, at the time and got back into playing county minor then just games and then training and just love first I was mad keen to, to play games and play football and got an opportunity to go to a trial down in Limerick in UL with a few different guys from around the country and from that like by the name of Ian Ryan from Limerick who oh, yeah. was an outstanding uh, footballer and put a, a good few years with, with Limerick and the yeah. two of us went to Melbourne so packed the bag for Melbourne like a good Irish guy and uh, packed the sun cream heading over in, <laughs> in the middle of winter and got off a plane with the shorts three pairs of shorts ready to go and realise it's winter in Melbourne and Melbourne's winters now would be very close to Ireland's winters and um, so um, I probably was watching too much home and away and never at that stage um, but had a two week trial and at the end of it I said look if you're interested um, we'd, we'd like to uh, to offer you a contract and I said definitely and came home from there and had a chat with my family and said look it's it's a two year contract you know I'm young if it doesn't work out for two years so be it but give it a rattle and give it a rattle for the first two years and in my second year I got named best and fairest for the second team out there Um, and probably was in the position that I thought you know what if I'm for the second team that it probably should be stepping up the following year maybe getting a senior contract but management changed in the club and different bits and pieces and I got a, a one year extension on the rookie contract and uh, that probably following year probably things fell out of favour and probably a bit of homesickness crept in and you know felt a little bit more isolated out there and uh, being away from home and yeah. probably felt a little bit of a project player of the previous management and you know 
just things started to, to go that way for myself and I kind of knew as the year was heading on and kind of strange place to be with maybe eight or ten weeks left um, in a season that you're kind of thinking you know what am I going to do and yeah. what's happening and I suppose that's the, the difficulty in the professional lifestyle and you know that, that consistency from week to week and probably chatting to a few guys too that you know one of the things that would have happened you know if you, if you met a, a a clanger as they call it out there you know a big mistake in a game oh you'd know about um, it that you'd know about it but it probably hyped up even more the fact that you know this Irish guy isn't ready and you know he's not up for it and you know a clanger um, would always nearly set you back four or six weeks that you go back and do your trade in the second tier so look there's lots of ups and downs but would have learned them a lot as a player and probably as a person too that would have probably had me mature a lot quicker and and probably just develop as a person and a player and, and learn lots from the, the whole experience. Michael Quinn, what I like about you is your modesty. The late Jim Steins, who I just absolutely adored, was so impressed with you with your debut. He like he called it phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably still hanging on to that. I, I, I still have that. That's your claim to fame. That's, that's the claim to fame. But at the same time, I do wonder maybe was that the right thing if, if I was looking for a longer career? Maybe yes, it was nearly too too quick and expected so much of you probably. Yeah, I probably expected so much of myself. Mm. Um, but you know, it's amazing too. Like that was round of the of that year in the in the season and I was up on a high on a pedestal and uh, then the following week I was lined up to place the Tantas Old Club Carlton and Carlton and Essendon would be the same as the following week and then I got a, a vomiting bug uh, two days before oh, sugar. I had to make that call that no I'm not right and anyway the, the following round round four I got back into the team and probably still wasn't 100% right and like that had a had a stinker of a game and okay this guy's not ready back and kind of bide your time and build, build yourself back up again so that's probably one of the things what I was talking about the highs and the lows with, with sport and with with any sports or even in life that trying to deal with them and handle them uh, in the best possible way um, and one of the things when you're so far away from home maybe not having that as big a support network around you um, as you might have with, with you know having family You were saying um, off air about uh, Satanta O'Halpin he was one of the guys um, that you kind of reach out to when you're over there isn't it great though that I know you're so far away compared to when you go to America there's so many more Irish people over there that there is someone there that can kind of help you maybe settle in even though you were great rivals Ah, oh, it was brilliant like I still go back to one of the times we had uh, we met up whatever guys were based in Melbourne we met up for uh, for food I think Paul Cribben from there was one Myself, Satanta, and there's a few other guys now I can't think of off the top of my head. That I think Marty Clark and uh, oh, from our ma, Kevin Dias as well. And we met up and had dinner. I think uh, one of the things that sticks out when you think back is I think there's three or four lads having appointments with their dinner like that. Was, <laughs> Real Irish thing. Would you like to have tried out yourself? I would have loved to have a go, but that would have been just a pipe dream. Like Michael, Michael calls out 
the realities of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, an Irish kid going out trying to had it as he rules and like, trying to trying to trying to get a career from playing like it's 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 very hard, you know. It, it, uh, it, I know it's easier it's easier saying, but like when you're trying to do it, and then but like my. Uh, what you call my admiration goes out to any fella like do you know what I mean that's gone out do you know what I mean and what you call it that has played it because um, I don't know whether I would go through what you call it do you know what I mean the same highs and lows like that they would go through like you know kind of, yeah. like just to give an idea Denise like, even the best of Australian kids don't even make the do you know what I mean they yeah. don't even get they don't even get one one game like do you know what I mean yeah. even the best and Michael is Michael has seen him go through Essendon and Satan has seen him go through Carlton you'd have you'd have young aspiring top Australian kids and they go into the system and they don't they don't, they don't even get a game like you know yeah. uh, I, I, I always put it the other way around you know when when people are on about who might know much about the you know the Australian rules game and when they when they listen to like uh, when they've seen the newspapers they listen to you know uh, people on radio, Irish, Irish guys going over playing as rules and they're saying it's a hard. I said, look, put it this way: it's like, it's like a kid from St Kilda Beach, right, leaving leaving Australia, knocking 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 at the door the Cork County board and looking to play a Munster Hurling Championship with Cork that year. Do you know what I mean? Like, can I flip it the other way around? Like, yeah, you know, that's that's it's like it's exactly like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, can I so like. Mike, like Michael, even even the player one one if, uh, if 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 an Irish person goes out, Irish kid plays one AFL game. I'm telling you, that is that is a remarkable achievement. Very hard, competitive, and all the lows that Michael mentioned, and Satanta exactly went through the same thing, and all other all other all other Irish kids. Like, it's homesickness, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not like you're going to England playing with. Soccer, where do you know what I mean? England is a, an hour of flight away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like when you're going to Australia, I might can tell you, like it's your gone for the year. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Like, can I? Yes, technology improved in a way where you, know, you can talk and Skype. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that, like it was probably Skype. Michael was the thing when you were probably done out there. Um, uh, and it was uh, yeah. So like, um, so like Australia. Sure, like it, it, it still, it still, it still haunts me, Denise. Yeah. You leave Satanta Cork Airport and. I I I I see in twelve months and it fucking really hits you like it's my friends but yeah. it just hits you and Michael would have the same thing with his family, do you know what I mean? Can I leave in Longford, see you next year guys, and then basically you go out and um uh yeah, it can be the only place, especially when you're not playing first grade football. Satanta's biggest problem was just intensity of training. He, he, his body just wasn't able for it, and it consists. That's, like, that's definitely something. That intensity, and you hit the nail on the head there. Like I think uh, there, you mentioned about Australian kids. There's those guys in the club at, at my time that were first round draft picks. And yeah, they were in the club maybe four or five years, and their body just kept continuously breaking down. And those guys were tiring from from an AFL career at the age of 23, 24 because oh, of osteitis, pubis or back uh, continuous back issues and you're just wondering like you know they're, they're guys that have played that game for their whole entire uh, underage yeah. career and, and they're breaking down because of the man and you know it's it's crazy and, and then the other thing you mentioned there Sean was the, the the airport is the Christmas was always full of bars you come home with yeah. and it was it was the best full of joy and delight, like, yeah I know everyone's off and then that trip and the first week back in January back up to an airport and you know mum or dad sitting in the car and oh. you know be quite quiet right knowing that you're going to sit in the plane for 24 hours and just think to yourself what am I at um so and and that's probably the, the mental. That's probably both sides of the thing: the physical demand and the mental demand. Um, at probably at playing sport at that level. Um, so and that's why you have to hold your hand up to the guys that are doing that. Julie there at the moment is 
just lighten it up with Geelong um, they're top of the table and I think they could be pushing to, to win the Premiership they're definitely strong favourites um, and you see the other guys that I don't know how many games did the Tanta play he was close to the 100 mark of the 80 yeah funny enough Michael he um, he ended up with 88 games he would have loved to made the, the 100 because you get your name yeah. on the locker but so look the, um, the, the, uh, so be it kinda, he, was let, he was let go by Carton after 8 seasons and he got picked up by GWS who were general yeah. newly formed team kind of um, did his cruciate would you believe it or not in his first year and then that that, that would be in him really like you know kind of, even though he came back for another season but that was yeah. that was more or less the end of him and he knew like kind of, like he knew like that um, um, so you know when GWS were kind of, um, for about five years they got top end you know top they got top end draft picks every one of those yeah. years so they were always going to go with young kids but do you know what he had he got 10 years out of it he gained valuable like an experience and he said like kind of looking back in his experience kind of um, like he wouldn't knock it for one you know wouldn't knock it for one bit and um, what to call it uh, and he, if, if anything he said he hardened up as a person from his experience, you know, me out there, like, you know, in terms of kind of like disappointments to him, no, Michael is just nothing to him, no, do you know what I mean? Like, kind of yeah. having gone through the experience of trying to get an AFL career out there, like. Michael, did you find pressure on yourself coming back to Ireland? Because even now people still talk about, obviously, Michael Quinn, you know, you played over in Australia. Did you find there was a bit of pressure? You know, people were kind of looking at you because you were coming back from Australian rules. Really, and I suppose, I, 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 in one sense, it's, it's something that I'd love to look back on when when I'm finished playing mm. completely and be like, geez, that's great that I've done that. But at the same time, I, I hate to be nearly in talking about it still, that I'm home mm. nearly nine or ten years. That was that stage, that was way back then. I'm kind of Should we have to talk about your Bowes career well, as well and your DCU? <laughs> But uh, maybe that's just showing that I'm getting getting on towards the end when you're starting to separate uh, your your career in that sense. But no, not, not really. There was never really any pressure that there was. Was probably coming yeah. internally from myself that you know you want to do this, you want to do that, and um, it's amazing too when you bring that kind of energy. How it, it does help us. Was first year back. Um, I got nominated for an All-Star along with Paul Bard and with Longford and we won Division 3 yeah. and then won a club championship with the club Hello. as well but I think maybe there's there's when you look back and back you're a bit thinking oh, this is all rosy everything's rosy now it's going to be like this for the whole time that I'm home and uh, these things come easy and, uh, but uh, that's worse you yeah. think oh we're on the crest of a wave now it's going to be like this forever and as every sports person knows and Sean Oak himself there it's like you know there's more ups and downs there changes very quickly when you think that you have a crack <laughs> you'd be put on your arse very quickly you were on about earlier on about club football and that and in Longford in particular you know the club would be so important so you're playing your football at a high level with Longford for the county and then you're going back playing at a high level for your club there's a lot of demands on you yeah, probably, you know, like, I do feel, I do feel sorry for, for club players at the moment. And there's one year I came back from County and I think it was playing with DCU at the time and I pulled the, the manager, needed a bit of a break. You know, a break yeah. Before, before starting back with, with the club and he said, look, you're captain and we're out next weekend. And I said, I need a break. I played, I had it potted up in a diary all year. I think from January until that stage in the year, I, played 24 games or something and he turned around and said to me well such and such is only after playing four games this year and like in my head I'm like well look I need a break he doesn't but you know and that's, that's the demand that yeah. there are for some lads and the problem with guys not playing games at, at, at club level too so um, that it's, it's amazing too how and you probably inter-county players don't see it and I hear a few past players saying once you retire from inter-county and you go on the club scene like it's very difficult to stay motivated when you're going long stints without playing games yeah 
that is the big thing. You know, Sean, we talk about the GA and everything, but at the end of the day, if we don't have clubs, we'll have nothing. Oh, look, it's where Michael started, it's where I started, do you know what I mean? And then it's where I ended my playing career, do you know, I finished up with Cork in 2012. Hmm. And I, 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 that's it, I could have finished up totally, like, you know, most fellas when they finish up with their inter-county careers, they just finish lock, stock and barrel. I, I, the, the three greatest years of my club career at senior level was my three years when I was wasn't involved with Cork. I was, you know, kind of, I kind of, it kind of dawned on me in those three years what it meant to play with a club. Mm. You know what I mean? Because basically there was no Cork members. There was there wasn't anything. I was just solely turning up, playing with the club, playing with mates that you grew up with. Um, like Mary that was making the sandwiches do you know what I mean mm. like you look at her in a much like kind of um, uh, 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 like you had a better view of her input into the club Tommy that lined the pitches do you know what I mean yeah. the officers of the club that do like kind of and uh, and then I was grateful to have, to have that experience and it is it's, it's, it's the lifeblood of the association like do you know what I mean and then unfortunately Denise we have like we have an organisation it's um, you, have the, you, you have the volunteers in the ground, which I think are, do you know what I mean? Like that for me is the J for me. But yeah. then we have a corporate side of organization, which is going a different direction, do you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and it's all about bums and seats and filling core park and getting concerts in and getting cash in, do you know what I mean? For the organization. But, um, uh, but the people who really, People running at grassroots level, do you know what I mean? Kinda, that for me is the real organisation that we shouldn't real that we shouldn't real, uh, we we shouldn't lose sight of. And unfortunately, Michael said, like, that side is that side of the organisation that is really hemorrhaging, like, do you know what I mean? Like, kind of, like, young players getting peed off, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Kind of, there's no structure there, do you know what I mean? Kind of, being asked to hang around uh, with no definite time scale of when games are going to be on and telling them to put their lives on hold, do you know what I mean? Like... Uh, which is wrong uh, I mean there's more action for young fellas than these days than I, when I was going yeah. up 20, 30 years ago do you know what I mean so like kinda, if you're trying to sell to these guys kinda, we're doing about it the wrong way at the moment and the inter-county scene is definitely dictating and the reason why they came Denise is because that's where the money is exactly Michael you coach um, in St Mel's so you know you know a lot of the young lads and playing one problem I found when I was involved with a uh, minor team was a weekend's where the, the GA would kind of stand back and cancel games or postpone games, change games for other sports. That was one thing instead of saying, well, you know what, we'll do it this way. Because then it was obviously leaving a backlog of games for, for clubs at an underage level. Yeah, well, the backlog of games, it's, you know, <laughs> games being cancelled and swapped and changed is, is a massive, <laughs> massive issue um, <laughs> in every county or maybe in some counties more than others. Yeah. Um, you know, and I heard Aaron Kernan talking before about, you know, come January or whatever, they see their their structures in place and these games are played on this weekend in league championship and from back in January they can plan around those those games and you know, it's it's mm. that well planned out. And I think that is probably one of the things that all these when you talk about fixtures like Pro Park can't dictate club fixtures in Longford and you know, it's up to you know, county boards to have yes. structures and setups in place and, and and how's that? But even simple things like you know, I think one of the things that the joys in, in, in being a, a footballer is playing on Friday night games under lights or Saturday games. Yes. I don't know, maybe it's a bit different for Harlem whether under lights is a different ball game, but playing Sunday games, you know, there is a championship feel to it, but I always feel that the intercounty could could have worked playing intercounty games on the Saturday and the the club games on the Sunday and players that don't make the county panel on the Saturday can line up the clubs on the Sunday. Maybe the following weekend it's, it's reversed that the county games are on the Sunday, the club games on the Saturday, or whatever. That like just little foresight like that to kind of makes subtle changes or changes and maybe that's down to the clubs to work that way but you mentioned Longford and obviously wouldn't be a county that is going to make Leinster finals or you know we're realistic but 
you've the Leader Cup final from 2018 that hasn't been played yet. That's the thing. So I think Sean Ogley, the top six teams in the league play off the first two, go through to the semi-finals, and then third plays sixth and fourth plays fifth in two quarter finals, and the top two teams then are. are into the final and the, that final from last year's league still hasn't been played as a result of falling off the, going so well in the Leinster Championship and you know that's sitting waiting and you know is there any that, those kind of competitions are, they're kind of dead when they're not played off before yeah. the championship starts and we're in a position now probably I wouldn't like to be sitting down looking at fixtures trying to plan them from senior right down to underage um, and it's you know, you look at little things that happen in inter-county, you talk about a club month in April, and I know it seems to be working well in some counties, and I think it's a bit of a waste of time in others. Um, I don't know what it's like in Cork, but I'm not sure if it's, it's a runner in Longford at the moment. Yeah, because there was five games played, um, obviously you had a break in between it, but uh, the league is still playing and you're obviously playing league games into championship. You know, that's the thing, Sean Oak. Are we kind of looking at looking at the G and saying, oh gosh, we should have this change at the top when really a county board level, you know, and maybe grassroots getting together and say we need changes here and maybe start at the bottom and work the way up. What, what, what should we do? Denise, we've had, and then, and then, I mean, Mike and his Toronto, great proposals there. And then, you know, how many guests have we had over the last yeah. couple of weeks with excellent proposals? And then they you could do a dossier on it and throw it in front of what you call it. You, know, you could do a thesis on it. Oh, absolutely. And throw it in front of the timeline and John Horan, right? And but the bottom line is they're very slow to change. Like, and, yeah. and any commonsensical idea. It's just not floated at all in our organisation, like, and and then from the from the stakeholders, like, that are at the courses that experience the troubles, you know, experience the problems, they're just not taken seriously at all, like, you know what I mean, suggestions at all, and don't want to be given out about the civil service, but the GA is, like, the civil service, like, you know, it's like, change, change is very slow, and it's going to take something radical revolution for them to kind of realise, um, but... See, to me, like, the elephant in the room is, like, once the cash is coming in on one side, do you know what I mean? Like, and once they sell out in finals, like, you'll see Sunday, it'll be a sellout, it'll be same in three weeks' time, and then what you call it, once... Once you organise Asian pockets and line like that, everything else is very much secondary. So unless unless that starts to hurt, do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, they won't look at doing. John looks at it right there. I was looking at um, Eddie Brennan had a tweet up about obviously ninety euro for a ticket for next weekend's game. That's ninety euro for a ninety year old, ninety euro for a five year old. Pricing is just ridiculous. Like if you go to a soccer ground or go go to a rugby, you know you have category matches. Surely we should do something like that for uh, GEA games, especially all Ireland finals. Yeah, look, it's it's one of those things. I think you can get up with the price there for this weekend. Yeah. Just over fifty euro. Like you can, it's. I I always look at things. Probably a bit of a math teacher coming out of me. <laughs> um, a, a numbers game. Um, and uh, that's what it, uh, Sean Olga said. It, it, you know, it, it is a money or numbers game. Yeah. You can read into statistics on a game or any statistics and present it whatever way you want. It can, a, a stack could be presented that numbers at games are up this year very easily for the fact that the Super 8 has 12 quarterfinals rather than four so yeah. an extra eight game and you can present it that football numbers are up in comparison to whatever year and it sounds that numbers are up even though you can see that they're down yeah. in certain games and, but at the end of the day it's, it's as I said it's, the GA is at a crossroads which way it's going to head whether it's kind of try and split down the middle with Club and County or try and merge and help both and I think that's where it's happening at the moment it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to, to know what way it's going to head because uh, there's the physical demand of inter-county is getting more yeah. and more and then then clubs are trying to push that now and clubs are getting more and more at an inter-county level and then people are realising why am I putting in all this effort and time for what I'm getting back and 
you even hear players that like ultimatums. That's the last thing uh, a 16, 17 or 18 yeah. year old growing up wanted an ultimatum. You can't, you know, you pick this or that. And as soon as that starts to hit someone, yeah. you know, well, if you say black, they'll say white and they're gone. And that's, and you can't blame young guys for looking to, to take a break and go and travel or whatever. And, you know, a lot of the, the probably rules and sanctions and conditions that have been put in place um, have been to counteract that rather than fix it, counteracting the outcome rather than the whole process that, that's wrong. Um, you know, stopping sanctions of guys going to America for as a result of... Look at us this year. Yeah, we're trying to keep them. And, like, you know, it's not fair. Like, those lads... Longford probably suffered yeah, most, yeah. this year um, because of that and you know I, I wouldn't hold any bones against any of those lads for going and they're dead right to go because you know it, it should be up to the GA or Longford GA to turn around and say no look at stay and we can do this this and this and help you and rather than oh well I'm not sure what we can do for you Come here, Sean Oak, if we set up a committee, we definitely have to have Michael on it. I'm not being biased, but we have to have him. He's he's speaking as a player. He's a club player and he's an inter-county player. And I think people forget that, even though, and as I said, even though you're an inter-county player for Longford, you know, he puts in just as much as Brian Fenton or Conor Callan, probably a bit more because sometimes Longford are punching above their weights, you know, and people have to listen to players like Michael Quinn, you know, you look at even Cavan or, or Roscommon and Smith and, and lads like that, you know, lads, next week we've got Kilkenny and Tipperary. Yes, I, you know. Gonna win it? You know, that's it, you know, um, I've a love, and I'm not, I've uh, never shied away from it, I just love Cody. Mike, he's the GA Pope. There's just something about the guy, you know, um, I wouldn't be, I'm a Liverpool fan, but he's kind of like, actually he's better than Alex Ferguson, I'd call him maybe a, a Jack Steen as a Celtic fan. But he's just, he, he's amazing and, you know, write them off, write them off at your peril. But a few weeks ago you said if there's one team that can get uh, Kilkenny, it's it's Tipperary. Yeah, like, funny enough, can I, so we, we have a traditional final in hurling and football. This yeah. Year. You know, well, like, so we start off with the, the hurling this, this coming Sunday, so you have Tip versus Kilkenny. Um, both teams, like, if, if you would have had, like... I'd imagine go back a week when we preview in the hurling championship. I'd say Tipping Kilkenny were probably the last pairing that we would have came up with. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Kinda, not many people were expecting this pairing at the start of the year. Limerick would have been, do you know what I mean, in a lot of people's eyes and favourites. Um, we have them in the final now. Um, Kilkenny, after a very impressive semi final win. Um, Tipperary, equally, after a very impressive semi final win, the manner in which they won it in the end. Um, so we're going to have two teams going in with a lot of confidence. Uh, each team feeling that a win, like uh, a win, is in their grasp. Um, for me, if I was going to pick a winner, I'm just going to slightly nudge it to Pereira, right? Mm. Which will probably go against a lot of people. Kind of like a lot of people I'm talking to, Fancing Kilkenny. Really? Oh yeah, well I don't know. Can I, um, I don't know whether you're getting that feedback from conversation you're having with people you're discussing the game with, but the majority of people down in Cork think Kilkenny will win it. Um, the reason why I'm kind of signing with Tipperary Denise is tradition has an awful lot, of, uh, an awful lot to play here, right? And head to heads between Kilkenny and Tipperary. Tipperary have the upper hand. We we have a terrible record against Kilkenny. Shocking. Yeah, you said that to me. Yeah. The Indian side always over Cork, but when it comes to tipping Kilkenny, Tip have the Indian side over him, and I, I I think history tends to repeat itself. Do you know what I mean? When it comes to these traditional clashes, and I'm just going to give him the not a small bit. You know, um, but look. I wouldn't surprise you if Kilkenny win it, you know. Can, uh, it's going to be very hard one to call. You know? Michael, what about yourself? It's, it has all the hallmarks of being a terrific final. You see Cody, uh, you know. <laughs> well, you uh, the G8 oh, yeah. love you. <laughs> Great call, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Could well be. Could well be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, another reason why I think Tip might share it, and this is just a hunch, uh, TJ Reid, who's been magnificent for him all year, kind of has kind of 
Like, if you take his scoring rate out of it, like... They've nothing yet. The next Kilkenny forward to a significance to score is, like, nearly 100 points behind him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can I... I like, that. It's, we're to have... To have... Uh, like the Dublin footballers to have a more better spread yeah. so if Seamus Canlis kept quiet Dave John Bobby Dugdoyer Dave John McGrath um, what you call it Dave Noel McGrath to score do you know what I mean Can I, uh, Jason Ford um, 40 Jesus you're right can't forget him I was kind of that illusion and in Tipperary no like that they have to keep TJ requires yeah I don't know. Good question. I would put um, if, if, if they were lining out as per the been lining out last couple of weeks, Parik Mar would be marking. I wouldn't put Parik Mar on him like can I? I I put his brother Ronan Mar because I think Ronan Mar is. Um, I think he's been the very best player all year. I thought he was magnificent in the se- second half against. Would you put your best player on their best player, Michael? Though that's another thing. You know, sometimes man, sometimes managers don't do that. Yeah, well, it's amazing too. You look at the the football side of things, like matchups. I think one of the things, you, you, as a coach, or you'd probably like to think you're you're you put your you're on the road. You're on the road now to be a good coach. Try it, and you. But strongest players, you'd want them in the best position, and you know sometimes a, a matchup, uh, getting a matchup right is more important than uh, what he's doing for the team like Paddy Dorkin for example yesterday uh, um, yeah. he, he could have walked away he had four he had two short one wide and a lockdown yesterday in the second half and on top of his two points as well so he could have walked away six points yesterday um, and then if you look at I think Aiden O'Shea had the run of the park in the first half and I don't know the defensive match up against him in the second half and I'm trying to back on football terms so yeah. I think yeah, yeah. Be very you, you make sense yeah. get your match up right um, no matter who it is to do a job and do what's best for the team and if that means taking out the opposition's best player and sacrificing your own game for the good of the team players will do that and then I think the reason why I would take Parik Maher out of wing, uh, sorry, centre back, and I, I put him on Walter Wallace is because he's he's marked Walter Wallace before, and he had great success on him. Like you know, he marked him three years ago in the All Ireland final, and he did very well. There'd be a lot of sub subplots going on. You know, kind of, and then and then Cody, the massive tactician, yeah. Michael, over the years. Yeah. He he, what you call it? He he he'll identify one or two weaknesses, and then he'll do rotations like, and he'll go for it. Yeah, and in my he doesn't like he subtly does it like that. Um, the game starts, and then you have people starting, and they assume like, okay, that's going to be the match for the rest of the game. No, he changes it. Yeah, and then they just subtly change like after five minutes, and then all of a sudden, Eddie Brennan over the years is on a mismatch, and then bang a goal, bang another goal, and then by the time you realise like you know the, the opposition manager realises like, geez, we need to make a switch here, so the game is over. Like you know, it's so quick and so fast. By the time that happens, like when when you see an eight or she. Michael Murphy moving into the full force line. You can, yeah, exactly, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like Denise, like, this is going to be like watching again, you're going to be at the cinema watching like a thriller, do you know what I mean? Like, can I. And as you said about, you know, the changes. It's going to be actually, because remember we said a while ago about, you know, watching guys on the line, you know, Cody against Davy Fitz. But you'll be watching Cody and Liam Sheehan next weekend and seeing what they're going to do. Oh, absolutely. If anyone wanted to, should we all know what Brian Cody's about? Mm-hmm. If anyone wanted to know, like, what Liam Sheedy's about? I know, did any see the, the clip that was going around? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there could be a few pucks thrown on the line as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, and then, and then, funny enough, great point, Denise. Like, can I, Cody, when he's looked down the line at the opposition managers, like, he's always had. He's always ruled the roost, you know. Yes. He's won those matches over the years. Yeah. Liam the only, I tell you, Liam Sheedy's probably the only manager, like. That's got the better of him. That's got the better of him. And it seems to be, a, like, it, 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 it's one, I think it's one each. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, so, Brian Cody is, of course, Liam Sheedy. Uh, sorry, he, of course, continued to be Liam Sheedy and won all of them with the 2009. 
then the following year, Liam Sheedy kind of course the priority to be Cody getting five in a row. So this will be interesting, like you know. And then I do like like Liam Sheedy be he be prepared for war, like you know. Kind of um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what goes on the sideline as well. But um, very last thing, Denise, and this all around final is not about the known; it's the unknown. So yeah, gonna be the X factor fella here, like that's gonna and. Then, Typically, are we looking at Richie Lahey? Do you know what I mean? Can I, can can he fella? Can I making it making a name for himself? Is it Bill Sheen? Can I after so bench coming on for Tipperary? Is it going to be what you call it, Jakey Morris? Pulled a few of those cards out through the years. Oh, you know, absolutely, all that, all that. That's the thing about it, Michael. Yeah, he just pulls <laughs> these guys out and over. That you're like something yeah. weird with that one. Yeah, you, obviously something everyone else didn't. Yeah, yeah, and like ex- expect it. I'm telling you, oh, something like that is going to happen Sunday. Like, like can I, it'll be, it'll be like it'll be the fella like can I, we that has gone under the radar. That'll be the match winner next Sunday. Yeah, I think that's it. I can't, I can't wait for it. Listen, guys, we could chat forever. I, Michael Quinn, been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully have you on again because you seem to be the the voice of reason. Maybe the uh, voice of reason sure, between sure. myself and yourself, Sean Oak. Talking in circles with no solution. But anyway. I think Longford wants you for, for a few years. Thank you so much. Sean Oak, we will chat to you next weekend and uh, hopefully we'll have lots to talk about. Until next weekend, Slong Fall.